Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. Okay, SABC Sport reporter as well as um, Sport24 reporter Kanyiso Chwaku joins us on the line to talk about Sia's move to France after the World Cup. Kanyiso, good evening. Uh, Happy New Year. Thanks for speaking to us tonight. Good evening, Tabiso. Good evening to the listeners and Happy New Year to you too. Thank you. Was it really a surprise move? Because I heard about it a few months ago that Sia could be moving to France. I think some of you guys had reported on it. There was a report that came from maybe Olympique that there was a big possibility of Sia moving to France. And I think that move has been realized. Um, I think one would be, I think that it's, it's the timing of the announcement um, that may have caught uh, many by surprise. Look, it is a World Cup here. And I mean, there have been a number of career changes um, in, a, in a World Cup here. Because at the end of the day, Sia is turning 31, and I think 32. Um, this year, so one would then need to look at um, what are his future options um, in terms of advancing his career post the World Cup. Um, so I think the timing of the um, the timing of this decision is the one that is uh, that, that is currently head scratching at the moment. Um, but look at the end of the day, now I think it, it, it does give the Sharks um, room to ensure that they are able to develop a player players. Um, to look after uh, the number six position when the Sia Colisi leaves. Um, I think also, I think it would be interesting to find out um, whether the, the Sharks will gain any monetary value from this particular transaction. I'm um, the fact that Colisi had initially sent down a contract with the Sharks that will run um, from 2027. I know that rugby doesn't always do um, the kind of transfers that football does, but I would love to think that um, with the fact that he's uh, left a contract, his standing contract means the Sharks will be, should mean, I mean, the Sharks would be remunerated. I think I'm understanding that there is a partnership um, that the Sharks do have with Racing 92, but I think when you are leaving, when you are, when you are separated with the player of Sears' stature and Sears' ability um, and Sears' marketability, um, I think one would think that there would need to be some sort of a remuneration that will go the way of the Sharks. Maybe Sia, Sia bought himself out of his contract like he did with the Stormers where we were told he paid, a one, me, paid one million rand to get out of his contract with the Stormers. But he's released a statement today saying that he sees it as an opportunity to spend more time with his family. It must have been tough for him here at home because he's been the poster boy of SA Rugby for years now on and off the field. Oh, indeed, indeed. And I think one needs to look at it this way, that he's a poster boy, number one. Um, the family's based in Cape Town. He's working in Durban. Um, and these are the kind of moves that you do in consultation with your family, that guys, are you keen on the, us moving here? I mean, Chesley and Kobe, for example, I moved with his entire family um, to Toulon. And um, when I spoke to him there, I mean, he felt very much at home um, and he felt very happy there. Um, so, I mean, look at uh, uh, when, you, and when you are in a position that Siakolisi is, um, you don't just make and take decisions like that on a whim. They need um, wide and varied consultation. And one would think that there has been varied, con- varied and wide consultation that has necessitated this move um, to Racing Metro. So, look, um, again, at his age, and you also need to, uh, and when you're a player of Sia's ability and ability, you also need to be able to cash in um, on the marketability because as you've as you've alluded to in previous shows, um, with different careers, is that um, a sporting career is very short, mm. and if you've got an ability, um, and you still have the fitness and the the skill, um, to further your career elsewhere, where one you'll be remunerated, 
um, even better. I'm not saying that the police isn't remunerated well at the Sharks, but um, when you look at the exchange rate, I mean, you often talked about it on previous shows that are yeah. traveling in Europe in terms of um, what's the exchange rate and how that's affecting um, day-to-day meals. Um, at the end of the day, um, uh, the, the exchange rate will, will, will most probably always win over players um, traveling, uh, the thing, traveling overseas because a thousand rand here will be and a thousand euros um, for two different salaries, yes. And there will be taxes, there will be other pressures that they may need to deal with there. But um, look, um, one of the things that having dealt with him, having spoken, spoken to him at a professional and a personal level, um, I think this is a decision that has been well thought through by SIA. Um, has gone through the pros and cons of the decision, and I think how that will affect um, his international career going forward, because one, one needs to think that um, when the 2027 World Cup comes around, SIA will be past the age of 35. Yeah. Um, and if you look at the the kind of high impact rugby that is equally space, um, one starts to think that um, will his body be able to sustain him um, until the next World Cup? I'm, I'm just surprised, if- can you so sorry to come in that that is actually held out for this long before going overseas, considering how many of our players have been getting lucrative contracts overseas, and most some of them are not even Springboks. I mean, what kept him here for this long, or why did he hold on for this long? I think the, the the partnership with Rock Nation, MVM, and the Sharks was probably um, the one uh, the, the leading factor um, that kept him here. One would have thought that with the turmoil that the Stormers went through, um, there would have been several suitors that would have wanted to see a police to play for them. But I think the lure of moving to Durban, people with him being part of Rock Nation and along with MVM, um, would have made the decision to move to Durban. Um, uh, an easier one than to move overseas. But also, I think. Um, the COVID-19 may have also played a role in that team staying in the country because one also needs to understand that um, traveling out of the country was in, in, in and out of the country was not something that was easy to do. So, and I think um, that that would have informed the decision for him at the time to stay in South Africa, pay his way out of the Stormers contract and then actually move to, <clears throat> move to the Sharks. So I think also at the age of 32, I mean, you're still in the prime of your career. Um, and I think it also makes it it it, it would make very uh, life slightly easier um, for the French team that is joining. They're buying a player who's pride. They're buying a player who is pretty much one of the best box forwards going around, one of the best loose forwards in the world going around. Um, so look, the the decision may say has been slightly delayed in his career, but it's definitely a dream decision that is not denied. Would you 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 were in France recently? Would you have an idea of the kind of club that is joining? Um, I wasn't in, in that part of the country. I was actually in Marseille, where um, it's actually far more bigger football country. But um, Racing 92 has been a team um, that has been able to attract um, big players. Franz Stein played for them. Um, had actually quite a long spell with that particular club. Um, Dan Carter played for them. So they are a team that tends to attract um, big name players. I haven't kept um, as much. I haven't paid as much attention. Um, to the top 14 that I'm starting to recover or make up the crown now because since South African teams are actually participating in the Heineken Cup, um, it now becomes important that we keep track um, of the of, of the movies, of the comings and goings um, of these particular teams. And I think they, they, they're a side that hasn't done as well as, as I would love to think that they should have. Um, they've been uh, a bit behind against teams like Castro, um, the, the team that Raymond who plays for the same, the name mm. is the, the defending champions. Um, Clement, yes, Clement. 
So, look, I mean, they, they've always been a team that has bought high-profile players. I mean, they have Phil Russell on the books quite recently, so they've always been rather selective um, of, the, of the overseas acquisitions. So um, the acquisition of AC Akonisi is a very big one for them. Um, it's just a matter of um, what they get out of Sia. And I mean, look, um, Sia had a bit of a slow start to the Sharks, but I think over the past six months they've been seeing, yeah. they've been getting the best out of Sia Kulis at the moment. And I think with the kind of ambition that the Sharks have been showing, um, they would, uh, especially now that uh, Sean Everett left, they've been joined by Neil Powell. They're actually playing a brand of rugby that is befitting of the internationals that they have um, in, in, in the arsenal at the moment. Um, so I guess it's just a case of Sia Kulis finishing strong for the Sharks, number one. I mean, then number two, um, seeing how Will Finley will play well for the Springboks. I think that the, um, the important, I think what, what, what lies to what, what remains to be seen is the continuation of his career um, past the 2023 World Cup. I think. Um, yes, I, I heard be... one of our presenters here this morning, Oliver Dixon, questioning whether now he can still be able to be box captain if he plays outside of the country. Is that a factor? Now, I don't think so. Um, I don't think being a block captain is linked to where you play. Um, but I think also the availability, because you remember that um, French clubs are, are very strict in the, in the enforcement of the Regulation 9 um, of the availability of players for the international um, window. So I remember, if you remember um, just now for that England game, the only players that were available for the South African team um, were the locally based ones. Number one, and then you also had the players who were based in Japan who were available um, for the Springboks. So um, the French clubs have played uh, uh, with the availability of players. Um, they've played hardball, and if you and, and and I think if you've noticed, um, the several players who actually play in France aren't players who um, generally play for the national teams, which kind of explains why they've been always happy to recruit. Um, from the Pacific Islands in particular, because those are players who are, because of financial uh, financial considerations, have always been rather happier to play in France, play is play for the for the clubs, um, knowing fully well that they're fully remunerated, and also the clubs are happy because they have those players that they pick and call. Okay, can you so wonderful? Thanks for speaking to us here on uh, SAFM. Kanyiso Chwaku, SABC Sport Reporter, as well as Sport24 Journalist, just talking to us about um, Sia Kolisi's move to France after the Rugby World Cup. And we're still trying to figure out why it was announced so early in the year. I guess it just saves everybody the trouble of the speculation and everything that's been going on. Remember, the Rugby World Cup is in September. It will end in October. So it will only move after that. Okay, Supersport United have beaten have beaten Cape Town City by a goal to nil. It is now, it is now their fifth win in six games. And, and one of those was a draw, I think, because I think they had four and five before this. So five wins in six games, including a draw. That's impressive for Gavin Hunt. And they're going to go up to second now um, on the log there. It was a goal that came late uh, from Bradley Hrobler. They are marksmen, Mr. Reliable for Supersport United if he's injury-free. On that note of football, there is English Premier League football on SABC Sport tonight. And we thought we should highlight that for those EPL fans and for those Man United fans also. Your game is on SABC. SABC 3 tonight at uh, 10, but uh, the build-up will start earlier and SABC Sport anchor Sizu Mbebe Umjaka joins us on the line to tell us more. Uh, Sizu, good evening. Thanks for taking our call quickly here on SAFM. Thank you. Thank you, thank you Vlad. It's very good to, to, to be here again. Happy New Year to all the SAFM listeners. 
Thank you. Happy New Year to you too, sir. What are you expecting from this game, Man United and Bournemouth? What does it look like? Man, Man United have peaked at the right time, Tabiso. Um, and, uh, you know, um, like Kaiser Chiefs, you know, everybody wants to see a Man United that's doing well. Um, mm. They want to see a Rashford that's scoring goals. You know, they want to talk about Ben McCarthy's influence. You know, you want to talk about Ten Hag, who comes from a very good school at Ajax, um, a very good coach, you know, to be producing results. So it's a beautiful story to tell. So I'm expecting a Man United to keep rolling, like, like similarly to what Supersport United are doing in the, in the PSL, you know. Um, everything is clicking now. Um, yes, they don't have the players to, 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 to shout about, but I think they've really found the pieces and they're all clicking at the right time at the moment. They're looking like a top four team. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I, feel, I feel hurt to say it, um, you know, because it's, it's coming at a cost against my, my favourite team, Spurs. But, <laughs> you know, the better, team, the better team is doing well at the moment. And, and Manchester United, that's exciting, is very good uh, for everybody, Tabi. So, you know, um, you, know you, want, you don't want a Man United that's doing badly. Um, otherwise, the GDP goes down, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Gary Bailey was saying the same thing when we had him last year, that, you know, it's important for teams like Chiefs and Man United to do, to, to do well. But what about Bournemouth? How's their form coming into this game? Bournemouth are just uh, 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 that one team that you want them to stay in the Premier League because it's another beautiful story of a hardworking and small from a smaller region. You know, uh, you know, you want football to be played all over all over the the world. You know, in England you want it to be played all over the country. You don't want everything to be in London. So Bournemouth are, are that beautiful story. You know, uh, of a small one of those smaller teams that give everybody trouble. You know, you can't. You can't play Bournemouth and think it's three points guaranteed. Even though Man United are doing well, Bournemouth have have the capability uh, to to surprise them. They've got a couple of they've got a couple of players. I mean Solanke, you know, you, to name a few. Uh, yeah. We need to prove some. We need to prove something, Sabiso. You know, Solanke was once a wonder kid for England. Mm. You know, won the World Cup that under was it under twenty World Cup. Under twenty World yeah. Cup, yeah, it was a Southgate supremo you know and mm. it's a very it's, it's a very it's a very contrasting journey that they've gone through gone through um him and rashford you know rashford right now thriving at man united so Lanky still has to prove himself after getting two chances with top clubs so you know um it, it's one of those you know I, I, we want people to watch and understand uh what 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 we mean when you say uh, the journey of footballers is different so Solanke and them can can really grab the headlines here today tonight, you know, by beating Man United, a very good Man United at the moment as well, uh, and, and be one of those teams to be counted and say, when you're going to play against Bournemouth, you can't, you can't guarantee yourself two, three points. Okay, and by the way, Bournemouth have a South African in their squad, the doctor, yes, Dr. Craig Roberts, who was yeah. with the box and Amazul is part of their squad. Finally, who's part of your squad tonight and what time do you guys start on SABC3, right? Um, S3, that's right, have you? So S3, 9pm, we, we, we start with the analysis and the match kicks off uh, later than that. Uh, so you've got a full hour with us. Uh, I've got Utisharas Nesipomali, a, te- a, a, a technocrat of mm. those. The Twitter people know him very well. So please, please engage him right now on, on social media about what to speak, to speak about. As I said, there's too many topics to speak of. Of course, I've got the legendary Darren Buckley with me as well. Nice. Um, you know, to, to, to share those insights about this stage of the season, what happens. You know, he played for teams that were underdogs, like a Bournemouth. Mm. You know, how do you approach a match against a Man United who need the points to keep up with the top four? Okay. So, 
Looking forward to that. SABC 3 from 9. Uh, that's the build-up and at 10. It's Man United and Bournemouth. There's still more action here at home tonight. Sundowns and Swallows, Cocoon and Gallants, and Real AM and Tex Galaxy. And remember also that Pelé is being officially laid to rest uh, today. And South American sports reporter Tim Vickery tells us what is going to happen. There'll be a procession through the streets of Santos, which will go past the house where his mother is still alive at the age of 100 before moving on to a private ceremony for his family at his final resting place, which is a vertical cemetery. It's in the Guinness Book of Records as the, the highest vertical cemetery in the world. And Pele will be on the ninth floor there with a view handpicked by himself overlooking that stadium at Santos.